one day I was just worshiping the Lord and I needed, you know those moments you just need to hear from Holy Spirit and um, I just kind of locked away by myself and I played that song and Defender and a couple of other songs and boy God just blessed, he just filled up that room like Shekinah glory and just reminded me that he's a way maker and uh, that was beautiful, thank you guys, thank you worship team. Um, the Von Atkins family singers. Uh, be on tour if you're a guest. I'm sure they're coming somewhere near you. Um, you'll want to be sure and, and catch that. But that was just thank you. Boy, I'm just, wow, I'm just overwhelmed. That was so good. Um, I want to give a shout out to Kevin. Happy birthday this past week. In honor of Kevin's birthday, we thought we'd do a couple of things. We're going to uh, cut tithe to 9% uh, for you for 2020 and free use of the church van. Um, you know, it's just, so anyway, that's about all we got. Um, I also wanted to remind you, this afternoon at 2 o'clock is the uh, Tennessee Right to Life Rally and March. Uh, we do this every year. We used to do it here at Calvary. We would host it. And we would, we would go past the abortion clinic that is closed now, just down the street. Thank you, Jesus. Um, amazing things. Things that, um, in my heart, there, you know, there, there are times when I'm almost ready to give up on something, you know. Or you just think, Lord, am I going to see this in my lifetime? But just beautiful and powerful things are happening, so keep praying. Um, if you'd like to be there, it's at the Cook, Con- I mean, the Cook Convention Center. <laughs> that's in Memphis. Um, that's a long commute. But if you leave right after the message, no, it's at 2 o'clock at the Knoxville Convention Center, um, which is really pretty close to here. And uh, I'll be there, and I hope, I hope you come and can be there. I see Regina Martin here today. God bless you, sister. Oh, it's so good to see you. So good to see you. Um, finally saw... Uh, and uh, actually the on-demand people sent me a little note saying you're the last person to have seen the movie yesterday. Everybody else has already seen it but you. Um, and there's a little thank you note. But I, we, we watched that the other night and uh, so that gets you, you know how you listen to something that puts you in a mood. So I've got a, like a Beatles music mood. The Beatles were a band back in the 60s. Uh, you can Google them, you can go, but um, the, the whole premise of the movie, but I was listening to that, and um, some of the songs, you know, that uh, in the beginning, I didn't listen a lot, I was into a different kind of whole blues and metal and just a whole different face, season of life for me, um, so I didn't listen to a lot of the early Beatles music, but then when they began to move forward and they did like Rubber Soul and they did... Yellow Submarine and those, Sergeant Peppers. And I started thinking, okay, wait a minute. There's something going on here. These guys are really pretty good. And then they broke up. So by the time I came along. But in 1965, you know, John Lennon and Paul McCartney wrote all this music. And they wrote together and played off each other. And uh, everybody in the band, George Harrison, Ringo Starr, they're all just amazingly talented people who found each other. Um, in 1965, John Lennon wrote uh, a song uh, that probably a lot of you maybe 10 years or so younger than me and, and anywhere older. Um, and he wrote this song in the third person. It's a song called Nowhere Man. 
And it's, it's very moody, you know, it's got this melancholy kind of a, a atmosphere a, around the song and the words, you, you know, you just think, wow, there's just, this is a pathetic kind of guy or person, and, but, it, but it's, it's a reflective song. Um, and it was somewhat about himself. Later he said, yeah, it's kind of, I saw myself in this song, and he wrote it real quickly, just in one afternoon, he, he went to lie down for a nap, uh, to to go down for a nap. I don't know the I can't say the verb, but, uh, uh, and this song just came to him. He said, just all kind of tumbled out. I just wanted to read it. Here's how it begins. Here's how the song begins. You mean sing it? Just do it. <laughs> no, you don't. Um, we asked Colby early, earlier if he would d- do this, but um, he's a real nowhere man sitting in his nowhere land, making all his nowhere plans for nobody doesn't have a point of view, knows not where he's going to, isn't he a bit like you and me? I believe that song was so popular in its time, and it's still, because of course I got all geeky about it, and uh, that led me down this rabbit hole, and I'm, I'm thinking, wow, that's kind of like Man on a Hill, that was a sad song, and yesterday was a sad song, this is a sad band, they <laughs> just... Um, but I think it's still being recorded and sung but it's because of that, that relevancy and, and that it, the feeling it evokes in us that it just kind of pulls out of a lot of people because, come on, all of us at one time or another, we felt like that. You felt like a nowhere woman. You, know? you felt like a nowhere man or you knew somebody and there's somebody maybe you see on a regular basis that your heart kind of leans into. Uh, there's a guy I see and I always think, He's got a story. I'd like to know his story sometime. Um, everybody feels that way. Here's what I want you to know. And th- this, is, this is the thing today. Jesus longs and loves to heal people in so many beautiful and divergent ways. If they only knew him, if they only knew him, that's what Who's Your One, this series, is about. What if people just knew Jesus? And folks, last week we talked about the fact that we, we are ambassadors for Christ. We are the messengers. We're the ones who say that take this beautiful love, this gospel and, and all that it is, and we put it into words, we verbalize it to a generation that doesn't hear this. Here's the big idea for today. And this is for this this wonderful hope uh, for hurting people, for wounded people, for lonely people. The big idea, imagine. Imagine there's no okay. That wasn't one I didn't like so good. Uh, imagine the impact if every Christian had one person they prayed for and shared the gospel with. There is a sanctified, redeemed way to use your imagination. Imagine. We've been talking about this. If you're a first-time guest, uh, and you're maybe not a regular attender, you've noticed, wow, they need to clean up. You know, they, some people left a lot of pieces of paper up here, and we did. We, we've done this real purposefully, 
Every one of these cards that you see scattered all around at the front of this uh, platform is a name of someone whom we're praying for to find Jesus. To know them. These are friends. These are family. These are co-workers. These are classmates. These are people in our neighborhood. They're acquaintances of ours at coffee shops and all kinds of places all over this community and some of these and even other cities and places and around the world because we love these people and we want them to know Jesus. That's what these cards are. They're those names. And we're going to add to those today. and We're going to pray over them uh, again toward the end of our time together in just a little while. Here's the action point for today. We're going to take it another step. Okay, we're going to go another step today. We're going to do this together. There are people in your life who need the extra effort from you. Because if they don't get it from you, they might not get it from anyone. Or maybe nobody else. There was a time in my life I knew very few Christians. And some of the ones that I did know... I was a little shaky about that they seemed like they were in some kind of thing. I didn't know what it was, but it felt judgmental. It brought out the shame in me. It, you know, and I just, I kind of distanced myself, but there were some genuine people who loved Jesus and knew who they were in Christ. They understood their identity and they loved me. They loved me past my quirkiness and my freakiness and all of that stuff just to see who Christ could be in me. It took some effort. Uh, I was sharing with somebody a little bit one of my stories this week of how I made it extra hard for them. <laughs> you know, I mean, I was just offensive in a couple of situations. And it would have been so easy for people to go, you know what, we tried with that guy, but never mind. He's just, no, we're not going to do that. Um, in fact, there was a guy who was a youth minister at our church, and he did some worship and everything. He's a pastor now uh, here, here in Knoxville, coincidentally. And I've shared this little bit before, but I still think it's kind of funny. And I remind him of it every now and then. Um, his, he and his wife were in his kitchen. He was a football coach at a Christian school. He is one of the ministers at our church, at this church where I had started visiting, you know, just visiting. And his wife's standing there in the kitchen and she's doing something. And she says, I see potential. They call me Danny then. They said, I see potential in Danny Riley. I see potential. The minister of this church stood there, turned to his wife and said, I don't see it. (laughs) Oh, Lord, this is what I'm up against. But you know what? Jesus, Jesus saw something redeemable. And he sees that in you, and he sees that in the people you care about, uh, wherever they are. So don't let the fact that maybe somebody's real far away, or they're acting out, or their behavior, or their looks, or whatever it is, and you think, yeah, I'm going to go for somebody easier and safer, and somebody... No, you go for it. You go for the people Jesus loves. And here's something you see a lot in the Gospels, and this just fascinated me, and I thought it was really cool. Have you ever met a, a, a celebrity... Ever met somebody kind of semi-famous, maybe locally or nationally, maybe a movie star, a rock star, uh, somebody in politics or whatever? You see them and you go, oh, wow, that's so-and-so. And And you're going to get your selfie made with them or an autograph or just kind of look at them or, you know, whatever you're going to do. Some people just freak out. They just go, ah, and they just can't believe it's that person. Some people are really cool. I'm one of the really cool people. I go, yeah, well, yeah, and I I act like that. 
But I can't imagine if I were in the first century and I'm in a place, I'm in a situation, I'm in a house, I'm in somewhere, and I turn around and I go, that's the guy that everybody's talking about. That's Jesus. I mean, he was, he was, hashtag, I mean, everybody's talking about him. And anywhere he went, a crowd gathered. Everybody wanted to meet Jesus. Everybody wanted to see Jesus. And these guys show up one day, and there is Jesus. Oh, my goodness, he's here. And they didn't have cell phones or anything, so they couldn't get selfies. So I think they just drew. No, I don't know how they did that. But, and what they could have done is could have worked their way through the crowd and gotten up close to him. What's interesting and what's kind of crazy in Scripture is how many people, they get this chance, they finally get in front of this celeb, Jesus, and instead of presenting their needs, because I'm telling you, I'm thinking if I see Jesus, (laughs) if I ever finally got up to him, he's going to get all my stuff. Jesus, I am so glad to meet you. Can you. Can you do this for me? I mean, I'm thinking me. So it's especially amazing when these people in Scripture, and you see this all through the Gospels, they, find, they get this opportunity, this audience with Jesus, and instead of presenting their own needs, and we all got needs, we all got stuff, we all got a request. You know, some of our prayer times are just a list. Okay, Lord, we need to get going because I'm going to have to go to work here. My class is going to start pretty soon. I've just got a list of things I'm going to ask you for, and then I'm done. We're out. And that's really not the whole intent. It's not at all what prayer is supposed to be, but we've kind of turned it into that sometimes. So what if you've got the real life Jesus right in front of you? And I'm, I'm just going to start talking about me. But there's some people who are so beautiful that instead of that, they go, Jesus, my mother-in-law. Your mother-in-law? Seriously? My mother-in-law is really sick. If you could do something for her. Uh, they bring their daughter their son, their brother, their friend, they present somebody else, Jesus. I know, you know what, I, I've got this friend, and he's got this problem, and I just love that. When we look beyond ourselves, and we don't make it about just us, but we go before the Lord on behalf of somebody else. Uh, and there's so many examples of that, uh, where people came to Jesus for somebody else, and we see that many times, lots of examples in Scripture, and, and I'm just going to read one for you today, and I'm going to read out of the uh, New Living uh, Translation, because it's just one of those stories that these guys did one of the coolest things. I like, I don't even know, the. Uh, I just think this is one of the best things, and uh, I'm going to start at verse 17, I think our slide started at 18, but if you, if you don't have Scripture, you can just read it up here. One day... Jesus was teaching, and some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. This is in Luke chapter 5, verse 17. And it seemed that these men showed up from every village in all Galilee and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. I mean, everybody's coming from all over the place to see Jesus. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. That sentence, okay. Verse 18, here we go. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of the crowd. So they went up on the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of Jesus. 
seeing their faith, Jesus, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and the teachers of religious law said to themselves, who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, why do you question in your, this in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I'll prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, go home. And immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home praising God. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe. And they praised God, exclaiming, We have seen amazing things uh, today. So everybody was glad they came. Everybody was thinking, oh man, he, he, we, he showed up. I mean, it was, it was more than what we thought it would be. Uh, so here, here, one of the things I saw in this is that we, as followers of Jesus, if we are his messengers, his ambassadors, we have to kind of do what Jesus did, and that's this. We must be aware of those who are lost in the crowd. Because you've been one of the ones lost in the crowd. I've been one of the ones lost in the crowd. We have to be aware of those who are lost in the crowd. Do you see what's happening in the story? Uh, Jesus is preaching in a house. Um, and the place is packed. Uh, I've had this happen a few times. In, I, was in, I was in Cuba once. In this village, and I was preaching, and it was in a church. It was a smaller church, but the room was completely packed, and even around the walls, people were standing. And they, to walk past each other, they have to do this. Every window and door was open, and they set up chairs outside of the windows and doors, and then people were standing behind the chairs. I had, ne I had never spoken in that kind of environment, but it was absolutely packed. That's the situation. That's this. what's happening uh, uh, on this day and some are there to learn you know they really want to know um, some are just curious they just heard about it and they just think I want to see this I want to kind of figure out some want to grow closer to the Lord some are they're just they're there for all kinds of reasons some I think because of the miracles he performed they wanted to see the show you know they wanted to see oh, what's going to happen next I want to I want to be in on one of these I want to talk about it too and uh, some were there out of suspicion. They were trying to catch him. They were listening critically for him. And you see that happen in this story. They go, ah, you know what? You can't forgive sins. Only God can give. They're, they're just ready to jump on whatever he says or does that doesn't fit, you know, their, what they think and what they've got figured out. Um, and some are just there to stir things up. They just want to agitate. I imagine there'll be protesters this afternoon at the rally. They'll be there to kind of, you know, give their view about uh, those kinds of abortion and whatever. So you get all kinds of people. And you have all kinds of people in your life. You can only filter so much 
And I know you try to, you know, maybe you think, okay, I'm not letting, I'm not letting those people in my life, but you can only avoid it so much of the time. You're just going to get all kinds of people. I mean, hey, you've got all kinds of people in your family, right? I mean, we're just coming off the holidays and you think, whoo, I was, you don't know my family. There's this uncle and there's that, oh, that, oh, they coming. Oh yeah, they're coming. And you just can't avoid it because there's all different kinds of people, sweet people you love, weird people. Just all kinds of folks. You get those people in your life. So there's all these people who've come to hear Jesus. And he's preaching to the standing room only crowd. And there was no chance for anybody else to get in. Now here's this guy. This man. He's paralyzed. He, as much or more than anybody around, he needs ministry. But nobody's aware of him. Almost everybody's thinking about themselves. You know, you ever go to a concert where somebody gets their phone and, and they get up front and they just do this the entire show? And I think you realize you're missing the concert because you're recording the whole thing. And, and you know, maybe the, the aisle people, what do you call aisle people? What? Attendance. Thank you. It's my vocab guy here. The attendants would come and they'll tell you, you've got to put that down. You can't do that. And have the little flashlight. And they do it again. And I just think, why are you, you know, take a picture and put your phone down. You know, we can't see anything, but you're, you know, all these lights. And okay, so that was, they didn't have the phones, but that was the kind of people. I mean, everybody's, they want it for themselves. And I think we go through life sometimes like this. And they didn't notice the guy in the back of the crowd on the mat who's paralyzed. And he can't get any closer because. There are often those in the crowd that nobody else notices. There are people in the crowd, and you may come even to worship Sunday after Sunday and then just walk back out and think, nobody noticed me. I hope that's not true of our fellowship. I really hope it's not. I don't think it is. But sometimes that happens. So here's this guy. And, you know, too many times we go through our day thinking only of what we want to get out of it. I mean, you wake up, you start thinking about everything you got to do, and you think, oh, I want a cup of coffee, I want that, you know, and, and, and slowly our thoughts and our intents and our energy and our time and our emotion, it becomes all about us. And we stay in the spotlight. We are the focus of everything that's going to happen to me today. Uh, I had a good day, I had a bad day, and it's all about me. I, I get that. But folks, we, we need, we've got to be aware um, of what we say to others today, tomorrow, and this week. We need to notice those who may be feeling left out or overlooked or unimportant or alone. We've got to notice each other. We've got to see each other. And we've got to see other folks too. So what I love about this story is that's what these four guys did. These men who were friends of this guy's, they could have been just like the rest of the crowd. They could have said to, to their friend, hey, Ricky, we're going to go up here. In the original Greek, his name was Ricky, and it was Larry. And, no, I'm just making that up. But they could have said, hey, well, you know what? We're going to get up here close to Jesus, so we're going to be right back, and um, we'll bring you a souvenir, a T-shirt or something, and, and you just, we'll be right back. Everybody, you're good? You're good? Okay, we'll be right back. And just made their way through the crowd to get up close and think, oh, wow, we want to get close. We want to hear this. We want to see him. We can't even see him back here. But they didn't do that. 
And you're thinking about some of your friends, right? Yeah, my friends would have left me on the pallet back there, you know, and they would be way up at the front uh, taking pictures, doing whatever. But these guys didn't do that. They could have said, oh, this is a great teacher, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. We don't know when he's going to be coming through again, so we're going to squeeze up there, and we're going to get a good spot, and we're going to hear everything that's going on. And I'm sure that, that would have been great, that, just for them being there. you got to give them something just for being there, you know? I mean, that was, that was good. Uh, but they didn't. They took it the next step. They weren't content just to hear this teaching and, and satisfy their curiosity. These four men didn't do that because they weren't like the rest of the crowd. And the whole thing I'm talking about today, I'm calling you out to not be like the rest of the crowd all the time. They weren't willing to let their friend be overlooked. They took care of him. So this brings us to a thing that I, I want you to see. We must be willing to do whatever it takes. Got to be willing to do whatever it takes. You see, when we began this, and some of us put our card down, and we thought, yeah, if I see them, if I see them on campus... If I, if I run into them you know, at the ball game, I, 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 will, I will say a word. Lord, you open the door, you know. We kind of put it all back on God. It's like, like you open the door and you do this and you just, you know, make it as... Then, then okay, I'll say something. It doesn't work exactly like that, okay? You've got to put some effort forward. He's got, do you remember when Isaiah was in this situation and God said, you know, Who's out there? Who will go for us? It wasn't a direct call. He didn't say, Isaiah, <laughs> under his breath. Who's going to do this? Isaiah, looking at you. you know, and he didn't do that. No, Isaiah's over here, and he's, he's listening. He overheard that. And he's looking around. He goes, well, you know, I'll go. I think some of it, we're just waiting on this call. Well, God didn't call me to evangelism. Well, I'm so sorry. But he did, actually. I know I'm being smarty and sarcastic, but uh, forgive me. Uh, Isaiah didn't wait until he, well, he, until he says my name. I'm not going to do it. If he says Isaiah, I'll do it, but not until... Now he goes, you know what? It sounds like it's an open appeal. I'm in. What about me? I'm not real good at this, but I'll, I'll give it a shot. I'll, what, what do you want me to do? I think that's who these guys were, and that was the spirit of this. So in verse 3 and 4, it says, Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, <laughs> this is crazy, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus. And after digging through it, lowered the mat the paralyzed man was lying on. Do you have friends like this? you got to make friends like this. These friends were, you know, were one of them. You know that guy? There's always one friend who goes, i got an idea. <laughs> you, know, you know that guy? He said, I, I got an idea. No, we don't want to hear you. We know your ideas. We know. We go, no, no, seriously, just, just listen for a minute. Here, hold this. Okay. What if, no, 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 what if, yeah, what if we get up on the roof, tear the roof up, and let him down? Boom. You know, and there's always another guy that follows that friend. You know the second friend you have who goes, yeah, I like it. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do what he said. You know. And then there's one you got to have. You got to talk into it. 
no, guys, we can't do that. What if, you know, we, we shouldn't do that. We're going to get caught. You know, there's always that friend in the crowd, like, no, I'm going to, I'll be the lookout. I'll stay here, you know. Uh, and so you got all these friends that everybody gets talked into, and these four guys, they do it. They, they do it. And I think, you know, on the surface, you think, okay, that's an outrageous thing to do. Actually, it wasn't quite as destructive as it sounds. Uh, houses in the first century of Palestine, they had, they had flat roofs. They're often used as a place to go. You could rest and relax up there. It was cooler. You could look at stars. You could, you know, so houses had these ladders real often. Even today, you can go and you see they have these ladders that lead up to the roof. And the roof itself was just these wooden cross beams and it had maybe, you know, reeds and branches and mud, just dried mud on it. So it really didn't take a jackhammer to break through it. You could, you could punch through there and make a hole. But there, Jesus, Jesus is sitting down there. Everybody's surrounding him. He's teaching. And, you know, you can just, you can just see kind of some dirt falls on his, on his shoulder. And he's like, what, what is that? You know, and after a minute, some more. And then it's on the other people. And, uh, and Jesus is just teaching. And I just wonder, this is my imagination. At some point, he just, he just looks up. And by, by now, there's a hole. And there's one of these guys, you know, they're looking down like, hey, <laughs> what's up? You know, and the hole just keeps getting bigger. And, and then they, and they, you know, I, I don't know. My friends, I, I don't have very few friends I would trust to even get this right. Because obviously they put ropes or something on the four corners of this pallet. And Ricky's lying there going, guys, I don't, I don't want to do this. Let's not do it. Let's, don't, don't, don't. You know, they're like, oh, whoa, whoa, sorry. <laughs> sorry, dude. You know, and they're pulling him back up. And he's going like this. And they finally lower him down. And, and, and they, they get him there because their friend is not going to be overlooked. And now he's got front row seat or pallet. They just put him right down. I'm not sure just Jesus just sits there. And by now he's covered in dust and all these things are falling down. And I don't know. In my imagination, it's pretty funny that he's just right there. And everybody's like, are you, what did you just do? And the owner of the house is like, hey, you're going to pay for that. that that's, this is my house. And this brings us to, you know, we, we just, we've got to do whatever we've got to do. Uh, so a roof could be repaired without a lot of expense or trouble. Now, that's not to minimize their effort. Their effort extended, you know, what they did. They really did. They truly went the extra mile. Uh, because it would have been so easy to go, you know, we tried. Hey, we, we brought him to Jesus. And we, you know, but, you know, it was really crowded and we couldn't get in. So we had to go back home and so sorry, man. You know we tried. You know we tried. They didn't stop there. When you are introducing a friend to the life of Christ, to the love of Jesus, to the healing that he so wants to, to bring into their lives, do you get to a certain place and go, well, yeah, I bet it was late when we got, well, it was, the, well, it was raining that day. And so, you know, what do you use? And how are you going to push through that now? What are you going to do next? Now what are you going to do? These guys didn't stop. They kept going. You ever noticed how, how easy it, it is for some of us to give up on the idea of speaking to others? We can have all kinds of reasons how quickly we can find excuses. Well, you know, I was going to, no kidding, but, you know, this came up. Or then there are people in your life who are worth 
the inconvenience. There are people in your life who need that extra effort from you. Because if they don't get it from you, they probably aren't going to get it from anyone. I had people push past a lot of stuff. A lot of my behaviors, my attitude, personality, everything that, that I was kind of putting up as a front, as a shield between me and what they were saying and what they were doing. And there's a couple of guys, they just kept pushing past it. Humbly, sweetly, I mean, they just kept pushing past it. I couldn't resist it. I couldn't, I couldn't hold out. Here's a challenge. And this is going to be for you, for me, as individuals, but I've got an idea. Okay, I've got an idea. What if every organized component at Calvary, every Bible study group, every community group, every ministry team, every little clique of friends, you know, people you hang out with, um, what if you began looking for opportunities as you are trying to speak to all these people, get some support from your team. What if we look at this as a team? Candace Owens said this, you will become the average, or like the, the, the average of five people that you spend the most time with. Now you think about that this afternoon. It's a little trippy, but it's kind of true. I think, you know, you think about five people you spend the most time with, that, that's who you're going to become like. Or that's who you're going to start being like. So we want to build relationships and have those conversations and make those invites. That's what this series is about. Just nudging you every week. Build the relationships and build genuine relationships. This is not manipulative or, you know, I've got an agenda and so I'm doing this to get you from point A to point B. I think everybody's had enough of that. I think we're over and done with the formulas and everything. So, but, but be purposeful. Build a relationship. Then have those conversations. Or at least just invite people. You know, to, and then in the midst of that, ask your friends to be praying with you and for you. Tell them what your plan is. Tell them your idea. Tell them the first name of who's your one. I've got a friend. His name's Bill. And um, I really want to communicate with Bill how much God loves him. And um, would you guys pray for me? What are you going to do that? Well, this Thursday we're having lunch. And so would you pray for that lunch that sometime during that time that the door would open and that I could, I could kind of steer the conversation in that direction, you guys pray. And then next week at your group, somebody's going to say, hey, how'd it go with Bill this week? Did you get that chance? And you know they know his name now. You know they know. So there's, I'm trying not to use the word accountability because I think that's misused in some context, but that's what it is. You know, you've got other people now. They've joined you. And yeah, it's, it's on you. You're going to have the conversation. You're going to talk to them because they're your friend. It's your mama. <laughs> it's your cousin, your coworker, whatever, but you're not there by yourself. You've got the support. These people who lowering your mat, you know, they're taking you to Jesus. They're helping you. So 
So don't overlook that. Most of you are on a team. You've got somebody, maybe two or three people, or some of you have got a dozen people or more. I mean, but you're not only going to accomplish more, you're going to be a lot less likely to give up. If I know now that I'm, I'm maybe the quarterback, but I've got the, this whole team behind me, and they know, they know where I'm headed, and they know this is how important this is to me. No, you're, you're more likely to keep moving and to go forward and to say those words. So earlier I told you, here's how we're going to kind of bump it up a little today, kind of raise this up. Um, in just a moment, we're going to come and to pray over these names. If the Lord's given you a name and you haven't put it up here yet, we've brought extra of these bookmarks with this little tear-off prayer card you can leave up here. You can just write the first name. If the first name is so distinct and unique that you think, oh, everybody's going to know who that is, then just write their initial or a code word. We, that's okay. God knows and you know. Just write their name. Leave the card here. Here's what we're going to do a little bit differently today. Some of these folks feel like I'm a real nowhere man. Some of, these, some of these cards represent women who think, I'm just a real nowhere woman. I don't think I'm going anywhere. I don't have a plan. I don't know if anybody cares. Some of you feel that way. So you need a paracletos. You need to do what Holy Spirit does. Come alongside. So today, we're going to pray over these names again, but let's do it this way. Even if you're a stranger, even if you're a guest today, it's okay. You're welcome. You're safe here. We're going to pray with each other. For these people. So we're not going to pray just by ourselves all here together today. We're going to pray with one another, over one another. I'm going to pray for somebody. I don't know that person. You know that person, though. That's all that matters. If you know them, you love them, then I know them and I love them. I'm going to pray over you and with you for that person. We're going to pray for each other. And we're going to pray for these folks. I think there's power that's going to come out of this. I think there's boldness. And there's something about that because God never made us to live in isolation. You're not on this mission by yourself. We're going to erase that idea and that thought today. We're doing this together as a family, as a team. So here's how we're going to wrap up. We're going to um, just let you stand. If you want to come get another card, we'll put another name in. And then as you see someone come up and, and pray... Maybe just step up, put your hands up, just pray with them. And then maybe somebody's going to pray with you. And we're just, it's just going to be beautiful, Holy Ghost chaos, okay? And we're just going to pray and let the Lord begin to continue to empower us through Jesus uh, to see what he wants to do. I cannot wait to hear the stories. I cannot wait to hear what happens from the conversations we're going to have and how many of these people are going to begin their journey how I started because people started talking to me in conversations it was a long time before I went to a church it was a long time before I would trust enough to step into a room like this you know what people people who are genuine who love me and love Jesus were bold enough to say we care enough about you we're not going to just talk about cars and music and movies and sports we want to talk to you about what's, what's the most beautiful powerful thing in our lives a relationship. 
It's not a program. It's not a formula. It's not a system. It's not a doctrine. It's a person. We're talking about Jesus. Would you stand? Father, I pray that you would make us bold. Give us grace to do whatever it takes, whatever we got to do next, um, Lord, to reach our friends. Even if we've got to punch a hole in a roof and come back and fix it the next day, Lord, give us a spirit where we're willing to do whatever it takes. Help us to understand we're doing this together. That we've got support. We've got people around us praying for us and listening and caring. Show us those, Father. Help us to be aware of, of men and women and boys and girls and students who are lost in the crowd and just need a healing, need healing. None of us, you see none of us as a nowhere man, none of us as a nowhere woman. We're special and precious. You want to love us. Give us the words, beginning now, in Jesus' name. Amen.